Welcome to Mikkel Kipka's MLFB Weekly Podcast, where we talk about all things MLFB, Episode 2. Welcome and welcome to the podcast here. it's It's been a... Been a bit of a long week, you know, we were expecting the tickets to go on sale on Tuesday, but we do get the ticket information today, this morning, Friday, July 1st, 2022. We've got the ticketing partners in place, there's multiple partners here, so here's how it works. For the Alabama Airborne, the Arkansas Attack, and... The Virginia Armada tickets are going to be on sale July 6th at 9 a.m. on both MLFB.com as well as ETIX. That's E-T-I-X. They will be the vendor for those three teams. Now, we have the Ohio Force. Um, Maybe it's the connection with the Hall of Fame venue. Maybe they wanted a, a different partner. Um, but they're going with Ticketmaster as well as MLFB.com. Now, that date where they go on sale, I'm guessing, will be around the same time, but it has not been officially released when those Ohio Force tickets will go on sale. Now, that gives MLFB a month. A month to get ticket sales before opening week. A month and give or take three days. Now, not a worry because they're going to have more time, an additional week, because Ohio will be starting week two. So maybe they're hashing out the final details and they just wanted to get that information out there. You know, for all of the fans that want to know, when can I buy a ticket to go see Mobile in Alabama week one or to go see Virginia Armada week one at the Sportsplex? I got to know. You know, when can I buy these tickets? And that leads me into MLFB. Are you going to start the marketing campaign right when tickets go on sale? That will make sense to maybe do some local, and if they can afford a national spot, a TV spot, radio spot. You know, I would even go with Facebook ads. I would really go cast a wide net. And try to uh, maybe find where are the fans. Where are the USFL fans? Where are the XFL fans? Where are the NFL fans that are excited for more football? Where are the, you know, you can also bring fans in as well with the investor types. Because when once you invest in this league, you essentially become a fan. You follow the league as if you are a fan. And that will help generate revenue. It will help. With as far as the stock price, if the stock price can can rise a significant amount, it will make any future funding much more palatable. It'll make it more attractive for future investors to see that, yes, there is a demand not only for the product, but the investment in the company itself. And if they need to, for whatever reason, in the future, decide, hey, we need a little bit of additional revenue um, beyond what a, an, an investor would give uh, or beyond, you know, not generally an investor, but 
beyond a TV deal or beyond sponsorships, ticket sales, etc., they can always dilute a small amount. Now, the great thing is if they can bring in these investors here, because a lot of these employees in the company, most of them, pretty much all of them, are paid in shares. Unless you're a player, you do have a salary, but all the executives, think about it, the executives, they get paid in shares, in warrants, which are like call options. So they get paid in basically company stock. It's just how a startup works. You know, you're not giving your executives a lot of cash, a lot of uh, things other than, you know, a stake in the company. So they don't want too much dilution because then it'll be harder for the share price to go up because then you have a lot more pieces of pie to go around. And I think what they're going to do is starting July 6th, they're going to have a big ramp up campaign here going into the season, going in the training camp, training camp, you know, coaches report July 10th. We have players, uh, quarterbacks and wide receivers coming in uh, July 14th. And I think everyone else will be in by the 18th, you know, for training camp. And then when we have the opening week, August 9th, that gives a, a couple weeks preparation, a few weeks preparation. And they're going to want to get some big, big advertising going. Whether or not they're going to go with local markets, whether or not they're going to go with national advertising, it all remains to be seen. Speaking of national, who will be the TV television partner for MLFB? That's the question we all have to ask. I've, I've been hearing rumblings, but just, just little faint, faint rumors on who they may be with. Now, I'm not saying it's out of the picture, but based on my conversations with people, it seems like CBS may be out. May be out. Now, of course, my information that I have here is not 100% known. I'm not even sure what percentage it is, but just based on the rumblings, it will still be a very, very good, potentially, TV partner. There are some big boys that need to fill programming, quality programming. We have we have TBS. TBS is a solution. That will be great. They mostly run reruns of Seinfeld and Friends these days. They need some fresh programming. Now, I like Seinfeld and Friends as much as the next guy. I pretty much watch Seinfeld every day. At least an episode here or there. Maybe I'll skip a day, but you know, if I'm bored and I want some programming to watch, put on old George, Jerry, and Elaine and Kramer. You know, the good old standby. Now, if they can manage to pull out this fourth quarter miracle here and, 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 and slam dunk a deal with CBS, there is some interesting information about CBS. They own Pluto. The free streaming network that comes with all your smart TVs. You know, I go to it and I just think, you know, I click it once and I see, you all these channels here, but there's a lot of people. There's a lot of people that actually watch Pluto. Apparently, I didn't know this. They can get pretty decent audience numbers. CBS also owns Paramount Plus. Paramount Plus, the streaming network, up and comer. They're getting a lot of good quality content on Paramount Plus. 
So, that brings us to if they can get games on CBS, they could get maybe a simulcast on these other stations, or there's other options as well. I do know MLFB was wanting to come up with a documentary series. They're going to have eyes, film, you know, producers or whatnot during camp, you know, during the games, during the weekly practices to see different interesting things about the players. Maybe follow them throughout their lives. I don't know. Maybe they'll pick a few spotlight players that the league may find that has an interesting story. Maybe a dynamic personality, perhaps. Something that would catch the eye of an audience. Maybe some... um someone who's in a relationship with, you know, uh, someone interesting or something of that sort. You know, they could bring a very nice documentary series similar to what I've heard maybe Formula One Racing does with their documentary series. They have one as well that has drawn in some extra fans, some eyes. And the thing is, it's it's a revenue-generating device. It's content. Everything these days is all about content. So if you say... You tell CBS, hey, you know, you give us a deal for the TV thing, you know, we'll hook you up with our documentary series, maybe for Paramount, maybe for uh, for Pluto. Um, definitely Paramount, though. That would be the biggest option, uh, you know, as far as that goes. There's there's other there's other guys in the ballpark, though, that want to air more sports. We have Apple TV. Apple TV wants to air more sports. They just got to... MLB contract not too long ago. We have Amazon Prime. They got Thursday Night Football. Thursday Night Football is a big, big thing. You know, it's the first game of each week, which is very nice. They're leading off the week at Amazon with the NFL. Now, do they? how many uh, com- companies or networks want to compete with the NFL preseason. Now, they're not directly competing. Yes, I know. Because MLFB Games this year, they made a smart move. Even though they had to delay a little bit, they put the games on days where the NFL games aren't playing. Tuesdays and then one Monday, it looks like. The one Monday, I believe, is one of the Arkansas Attack games um, on August 30th. August 30th will be the Monday night game. So that'll be MLFB Monday night football. I know they can't call it that, but, you know, I'm just doing fair use here to uh, to just say, hey, Monday night football, you know, on uh, whatever channel they happen to be on. There's some other guys, you know, USA. I don't know if they did a XFL deal or not, or I know they did ESPN. Maybe maybe Fox USFL got, uh, got USA, but they could be potentially an option. Now, as far as streaming partners for, you know, the uh, the MLFB documentary series, you got the good old standby of Netflix. Netflix is always an option, streaming content. They got a dwindling subscriber base, but they're still a big boy in the ballpark. Then you have Amazon Prime again. They could use more streaming content. They have a good bit. They have a lot of streaming content. But, you know, enough is never enough. They always want to find more partners. So, essentially, there's a lot of different options they could go with, with the streaming and with the games. And they could even put up highlights on social media, TikTok, YouTube, whatever. A lot of ways they can generate revenue. A lot of ways. Ticket sales. 
They're expecting to have an average price, 20, 25 bucks, something in that range for a ticket. Now, their projections, around 12,000 a game. Certainly a possibility with the markets they're in. You know, not a lot of uh, pro action, either MLB or NFL in these markets. You could certainly bring in that type of number. That'll generate, you know, a quarter million or more revenue per game. You're at a quarter million revenue a game. There's nine games. That's a few million in revenue right there. Just the inaugural opening season. That's not bad. That's not bad. Then you have sponsorship deals. All kinds of things. I even made a mock-up here. You know, almost as a joke, but just to see if anyone was maybe interested in this from the from the company of uh, the field goal posts. Field goal posts. Why has nobody decided to advertise or tried to advertise or uh, sold space on the posts? So many key moments in sports have been decided by a kick through the uprights or misses the uprights, and you could have a sponsorship deal. A company, maybe with, you know, their product is the shape of a cylinder. Think about it. Slim Jim. Slim Jim, if you're out there listening, sponsor these MLFB goalposts. They're a publicly traded company. They'll probably get any ad that they can get. Got to bring in those revenue bucks. I mean, think about it. If you have a field goal post shaped like a Slim Jim, and you see a winning kick go through the uprights, highlights on ESPN. Tell me it's not going to make you think of Slim Jim or Macho Man Rip snap into a Slim Jim. But anyways, there's other ways the company can have sponsorship deals. Of course, all kinds of in-game, in-stadium ads. You put ads throughout the stadium. You put ads, you know, on the walls and such. You put ads... uh. You know, one of my favorite ads as far as money makers go. I know the CFL does this. Put an ad on the 20-yard line. That's doable. Definitely doable. Put two, put four ads on the on the outside part of the field, the 20-yard line. You could even do. Now, the NFL tried this in preseason a few years back. It didn't get the biggest reception. But from a company such as MLFB wanting to make revenue... You could even do the uh, overlay ad. For instance, when a team gets in the red zone, you could shade part of the uh, you could shade the red zone. In fact, from the twenty-yard line to the zero, with maybe a lightly colored advertisement, you know, over the over the airways, maybe not in the stadium, but like an on-field painted ad um, for a company. You know, you could even have it called like, for instance, the Chili's Red Zone or or the Louisiana Red Hot Red Zone, or something of that nature, maybe something that goes with the Red Zone, you know, or maybe just a company like the Chevy Red Zone or something, and it's part of naming rights. Naming rights was something the MLFB had in mind when creating revenue. So, you know, naming parts of the field, or, you know, naming certain things, or naming, you know, like the, uh, I know some, some, some places, I know Bally Sports, uh, my local team, the Tampa Bay Rays, 
they do this thing where they have like the play of the game is sponsored by a uh, a company, so they give them a little advertisement spot on the air when they reference the play of the game. They could even have the MVP of the game be sponsored by a company. You could even have, you know, like how the college bowl games do it with, you know, you have these, these the championship game of MLFB could be, you know, the Tostitos. That's the, just the bowl game I thought of, you know, or whatever. Whatever company wants to put their name on the MLFB bowl game this year in Canton, Ohio at the Tom Penson Hall of Fame Stadium. You know, you could have all kinds of sponsorship deals. Now, some of this stuff may be public information here coming into approximately July 31st. You're going to have the quarterly report for the MLFB. So depending upon what deals they've maybe gotten done already, that could be potentially some big announcements, some sponsorship deals, some revenue generation. Maybe they'll have the uh, the broadcasting partner. I'd hope, I'd hope by then, I'd hope. Um, I'd imagine they want to get the deal done, you know, within a couple weeks here because they want to have some kind of advertising campaign so people know, you know, where to watch the game. It's important to have people watch the game. Very important. Bring new eyes to the company. New eyes to the product. You're a competitor. Maybe not some people in some people's eyes, a strong one to the XFL or the USFL. But if you want to last in the long term and be a competitor to these leagues, you have to find creative interesting ways to generate revenue and to bring in fans the two key components of making a long-lasting league now next year we're looking to expand mlfb is looking to expand to to potentially four more teams now there are um places they could potentially expand to we have florida they had a Florida Fusion team mock-up done for them. That was one of their teams they wanted to go with. Now, their destination in Florida was Daytona. That was their primary destination. I think Daytona Field is about a 15,000-seat expanded to that stadium. I would definitely drive across the state and see a game in Daytona. There's a lot of people, about 600,000 in the greater Daytona area. Plenty enough to have 15,000 come to a game a few times a year. Ultimately, it looks like their their primary goal is to have a 10-week season. Next year, they want to up the weeks to about 8 weeks, and then after that, to 10 weeks, where it seems like that's where they maybe want to level off, plus maybe a post-season. Another place they could expand to, but might not be wise at the moment. Is Texas? Why is it not wise? Because XFL just mishmash crammed three teams right near each other, all in Texas. And I believe USFL might have Texas as well. So when you have all that going into one area, you might need to call an audible alert, alert, Omaha. Omaha, you got to make an adjustment at the line of scrimmage. So maybe they'll go with one of their other options. You had the Oklahoma City 
nation. They are a college state. No pro teams in Oklahoma. Not a one. You got room. You have the Utah stand. Utah's definitely a potential destination. You could bring some butts in the seats in Utah, potentially, if you put it in the right part of Utah. Maybe. You have the Oregon crash going out to the West Coast. Don't know if they want to expand out there already. But that's one of their other potential teams. You had... There was another team as well out West that they plan on going to. There's a, a, a wide amount of teams. I had some ideas potentially for places they could expand to. You had Sacramento. That's a potential destination in my mind. You had Albuquerque. I even came up with a name for the Albuquerque team. I called them the Albuquerque Strange. Why do I call them the Albuquerque Strange? Strange things, you know. Strange things happen in New Mexico. You got the Roswell incident. You got all kinds of things that have happened in New Mexico over the years related to extraterrestrials. What do you make the mascot? A gray alien face. Play into that. Play into the alien thing. Play into it. The Albuquerque Strange. If they take the team name, I don't care. I don't even want any money. I just want to see an alien mascot in sports, pro sports. In other news, I've you know I've gone through about 20 minutes here. I forgot to mention the rosters are filling up. It's already been publicly announced on Twitter that the Arkansas tax roster is full. Sorry, any potential hopefuls wanting to make it to Arkansas. The rosters are currently full. The voicemail box is currently full. So anyways, we've got the the Arkansas attack full. And it's been rumored that other rosters are filling up quickly. We may have maybe just a few spots left to fill on these rosters. And as I'm speaking, who knows? We could have more full rosters already. Coming into about two weeks from camp. I'm sure that they're sending out their last contracts here in the coming days. They're just about ready to go here. I'm ready to go. I'm ready. I'm ready to see this. I'm ready to go to a game maybe. I'm ready to go definitely because I'm not local. I'm ready to go to Buffalo Wild Wings. And it's going to be nice to say, hey, can you put on the MLFB game? And at first, they may be like, what? What's the MLFB? And I'll be like, oh, yeah, it's this new football league like the USFL or the XFL it's on you know CBS or it's on TBS or it's on USA or whatever network they happen to get on now if it's on Apple TV or Amazon Prime I don't know if that's something that they could do at Buffalo Wild Wings over at B-dubs but you know I might certainly give it a shot and then if they don't maybe speed home come home watch it and uh, really really enjoy Finally seeing them play games. I'm ready to share this information, to share the league, share the highlights that they post on Facebook and TikTok 
and all the social media. It's going to be interesting to see. There's some good talent here. There's an interview on CBS. Going to be an interview on CBS News in Raleigh. The CBS 17 local news affiliate on in Raleigh. Akio Greer, wide receiver for the Arkansas attack. He's a local of Raleigh, a hometown hero story. You know, coming into his own as a football player and as a man. And they put a little blurb last night on the air. Uh, Chris, the, the anchor, tweeted about it, posted the video. And they will have a full five-minute approximately long-form interview with Akil, who I've, I've spoken with. He mentioned uh, the league all throughout the interview. He's very excited to be part of the inaugural season of MLFB. He's ready. All these players that I've talked to, they're jacked up. They're ready to go. They're ready to run through a brick wall for this league. They are ready to absolutely blow things up. It's going to be fun seeing how hungry these players are in a spotlight situation to get some good film and to get some NFL scouts' eyes on them to say, hey, I can play. I'm a good player. Give me a chance on your roster, the practice squad, whatever. They'll know. They'll do whatever it takes to make it in the NFL. They're going to do everything they can in their power to try to make it to the big time. Now, even if after the MLFB, maybe some of these guys can even get in the CFL, that's still a step up. Still a step up into the NFL. If you can get a guy who says, listen, I put in a season or two with the MLFB. You didn't want me. I put a season or two. I led the team in stats on my CFL team. Now you want me. Now you want me. So MLFB or even the XFL or wherever they happen to go, if they leave the MLFB, you know, after a couple years and they go into a higher paying situation, you know, just for money. But I know MLFB is going to be good developmentally. They're going to create a good developmental league for these players. They want to, They don't want to be, you know, an ex-NFL retread elephant graveyard type of situation. You know, I've talked with the personnel department. They don't want guys in their 30s playing, you know, a whole bunch of guys that are older. They want to get younger guys that they can mold and build and have a lot of potential left in, the, in them. So I'm excited for this year. I'm ready to go. Let's tune in here. In a week or so, I'll probably make uh, another podcast either right before training camp or if they announce the TV deal. That'll be my next episode. Keep an eye out. Uh, I'm available for guest spots. You know, if you're interested, if you enjoy the podcast and you run happen to run one yourself, you want a guest host, I don't mind talking about MLFB some more. I could talk about this all day. So... Hope you enjoyed the broadcast, and I'll come back in a week or so. Thank you, guys.